to my series of my impressions of other podcasters. All right. In my continued series that people have been asking for. Hey, people, everyone. Like when Barney says people ask him for things? 83% of people that write to us are asking me to do more impressions of podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, folks. Like anyone could possibly know that. Everyone, welcome, welcome to How I Met Your Podcast, Season 1, Episode 12, or 1.12. Nope, 13. 13. Oh, goodness, I wrote it. Oh, no, I'm on the wrong. I'm on the wrong notes. 1.13, drum roll, please. And welcome to my beautiful, lovely guest, well, not guest, podcasting partner, Jennifer Runkle. Hello. After all that cheer that I bring into this <laughs> podcast opening, you say hello. I mean, you you brought all the I really oomph and the enthusiasm. I really sucked the air out of the room, didn't I? I really, I couldn't compete. Drum roll, please. Was not excited for this one. But I gotta say, even though I have it ranked horribly at 157, which is countered by IMDb's 8.7 ranking or a rating, um, it, there were some good jokes, and there wasn't really any bad jokes. Yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, I think it was a very sweet episode, very romantic, you know, and it had its funny moments. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think maybe the things that I based my rankings on weren't in this show that much. That's why it's ranked so far back. But Your it's whole a, system's flawed. Well, yeah, this was a nice little story, and there was about ten good jokes, and when I was trying to look for a bad joke, I really couldn't find one. I'm really going to have to like just point out a moment that I thought was a bad beat or the least good joke, <laughs> if you will. But there was no cringeworthy moments. What do you think? Uh, I have two identified as... Bad jokes, but overall, like I said, I really enjoyed it. The good definitely outweighed the bad on this one. Worse. Anyways, I went out Saturday night. Jen stayed home with our kid. We couldn't get a babysitter because she was supposed to come with. And I went to a boat parade out on the wharf in D.C. And I got to tell you, boat parades, not so exciting. I don't know what you were expecting. Well, I wasn't really expecting much. I just wanted to go have a little fun, but... The, the boats went really slow. <laughs> like, I couldn't get a, that good a glimpse because people kind of crowded the space where you could see them because we were up on a rooftop kind of bar. And I kind of peek over and see, okay, there, there's some nice-looking decorated boats going by. And then I'd sit back down. I'd look back five minutes later. Like, they had moved 20 feet. <laughs> it really was. It's as if they were walking in so a parade. would you say that Ted is correct? In saying that parades are overrated? I've always said that. Although I'm not sure people rate them that high. You know what's weird is, so they had another one in Virginia, in Old Town, Alexandria. And then our friends who live in Costa Rica were posting that they went and watched one, too, that same night. International Boat Parade Day. And there was also one in Florida, according to my friends and our friends in Costa Rica. Hmm. And so, yeah, I wonder. I didn't look it up, but there had to be some sort of collaboration yeah, I think the likelihood of separate boat parades is probably slim. I wonder if any of them were sinking at a 47-degree angle. <laughs> they better go run over to Ted's house. <laughs> you don't know that we took a break, but Jen made me pause it. She said, my breath is really bad since we have to share a <laughs> microphone. She said she couldn't live like this for the next 30 minutes. 
Okay, so let's jump into the show. We start off with the we pick back up where we left off, which is at the wedding reception. Barney's talking about bridesmaid. She's quite breathtaking, and he's telling her that he's getting ready to leave for the Peace Corps, which is obviously a setup for him, hoping that if he sleeps with her, he has a reason never to call her again. And he says he ships out tomorrow for two years. And I like his line of people entering the Peace Corps. Some people say the Peace Corps is the most noble thing a man person can do with their lives. And I say, is it? And, and they say, yes. And most of them say, yes, it is. <laughs> and I like the early reference to the Peace Corps because actually next episode, we find out more about Barney's history with the Peace Corps. Oh, yeah. So is it next? No, it's two episodes. Mm-hmm. No, it's next. Game no, night. next is zip, 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 I thought. No, oh, I have next is game night. Did I do? Oh. Nope, it's zip, zip, zip. Oh, man. And I was on such a roll of correcting you about this episode number. I have them in my notebook. Yeah, you're really for some flying high between my, bi- my bad breath. <laughs> um, the woman's name is Tan- uh, Tanya. And Ted's only partially paying attention. He spots Victoria. And as this stuff is going on between Barney and Tanya and Ted spotting Victoria, you can see Marshall and Lily in the back background <laughs> eating. And then Marshall making this I'm in heaven eating face, which is him eating the cake, which comes into play shortly after. And this is the first time I've probably seen this episode ten times. This is the first time I've noticed this. I feel like it's a very similar face that he makes when he eats the best burger in New York. Okay. Ooh, that's a good episode. It is. It's very far away, but very good. Well, I wanted to point out at the beginning, it, there's a big lead-in and a lot of explanation about what's going on. And so I was wondering, like, was there a big break in between? Like, was maybe last episode, like, the end of the winter season, and then it came back, you know, the... I'm sorry, the fall finale and then, like, the winter they premiere. Didn't do, yeah, they didn't do fall finales back then. Yeah, so I looked, and they were, you know, the epi- this episode and last week's episode were only two weeks apart, so I'm not sure why we get all the exposition at the beginning. Well, I guess, you know, there was typically two- or three-week breaks back then, but now they do, like, two-month breaks. Right. So they can sort of have two big, fin- quote-unquote, finale episodes, even though it's the same season. I don't, I don't care for that. I don't Not a it. fan. I don't hate it, but yeah, I just thought it was weird that that was there was so much explanation given when these episodes were really not that far apart. Yeah, I kind of skipped all that because it was long and I wasn't it was sort of losing my attention. But the Marshall face here is a nice foreshadowing <laughs> yeah. to his obsession with the cake for the mm-hmm. rest of the episode, and I, I can't believe I've never noticed it before. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I love about this show is that these little subtle details right. that you might not notice the first ten times you watch the right. episode. Fourteen years later. I mean, who would... Like, think about the first run of this as you're watching it. You would never notice that in the background no. and then be able to call, mentally call back to it as he's constantly talking about the cake. Yeah. yeah, that's probably one of my favorite things about doing this rewatch and really focusing in on it is seeing like all the little stuff that gets peppered in here. Yeah. They had to have known like this Peace Corps thing. I mean, these episodes are one apart, two apart. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. They had to have known that was coming back, but you don't know that at the time. So, really makes this rewatch and this podcast quite enjoyable. We're at the apartment and Ted is kind of recapping the night for Marshall and Lily. What did you mention him? Seeing Victoria? Yeah. Okay. 
I said he spots Victoria. Oh, okay. And Marshall cuts back in with how great the cake was, because Ted was saying what a great night he had. Marshall said what a great cake he had. And then Lily goes into this strange, girlfriend, I'm going to... Yeah, that's what I have identified as, like, my worst joke. <laughs> because Marshall starts it with, like, his stomach's calling him bro, and then Lily kicks in with her stomach's calling her girlfriend. It's, it's not great. You want to you wanna say she's appropriating black culture there, don't you? I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> she really reminds me of um, Marion Williamson. And this is a, a little bit further out. I think maybe we had talked about this the first time we had recorded this. Who, that writer that was running yeah, for the Yeah, that was running for, was that, like, a couple debates ago, she... Said girlfriend. Yeah, she was talking about, like, calling the Prime Minister of New Zealand, and I cannot remember oh, the context. Oh, yeah. It was like, yeah, I think the question was, like, what's, what's the first thing you're going to do? And it was her essentially being like, I'm going to call the Prime Minister of New Zealand and tell her girlfriend. And then, like, you know, whatever her spiel was about how, like, New Zealand doesn't get to be the best. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but it's like the way that they said girlfriend was like very similar. It reminded me a little bit of Lily's late, much later to come, uh, revertigo. Yes. With her friend Michelle from high school. We're backing at the wedding reception and Ted is with Victoria. Rick, Victoria tells him as they're starting to flirt that she has a rule of never hooking up at weddings. And they go into a conversation about why she kind of says there's too much, you know, build up, and um, it's sort of like wearing wedding goggles, if yeah. you will. That the, the romance is so hyped up that it's not realistic that you can carry that at, that on right. afterwards. Yeah, everything's so good in the moment, and then it gets ruined with real life. Ted said he won't put the moves on her. She asks, you know, these aren't the moves, and then he has kind of a bad line. So there are, like, two bad lines there. That was the, that was the first one I was going to identify, but then when you pointed out the girlfriend thing again, I, <laughs> you're right, that's probably going to end up being my least favorite. Vicky's solution is... Well, she, Don't she, call her Vicky. That's not her I'm sorry, name. yeah, Victoria. I keep doing... I was doing this the last time we were, <laughs> we were recording these episodes. Victoria. Can I, I call, her, call her... Ictor? Ictor. Yeah, I want to call her Ictor. So Ictor... <laughs> Ictor uh, says she has a solution first. Ted, like how Ted, like, interested. She goes first, no sleeping together. Less, Less interested. interested. That, was, that was good. Well delivered. Um, she said the next day always screws it up, so they have to promise never to see each other again. So the next day, they're going to act going forward this evening as though they're not going to see each other ever again, and that's kind of the rules is tonight's the only night there's no tomorrow. We're not going to exchange names, emails, phone numbers. They get code names. She's Buttercup. And I guess you're sort of thinking as she says this that she's maybe making a reference to the Princess Bride character Buttercup. Maybe. Which would make sense. And he's Lando Calrissian from, you know, obviously a character from Star Wars. Now, I'm not well versed in Star Wars, but isn't Lando Calrissian like a traitor? Not really. He kind of does betray them in The Empire Strikes Back, but he really doesn't have a choice. He sort of... You it's, always have a choice. It's sort of a position where if I... He makes a deal where they're just going to freeze Han Solo, not kill him. And so they, it gives them a chance, which they take advantage of in the very next movie, of rescuing Han Solo. So it's sort of like, you know, live today to fight tomorrow situation. Oh. 
And then he kind of becomes a hero in Return of the Jedi, helping to destroy the Death Star. So Okay. So, so it's an okay... Yeah, there was a moment where it seems like, oh, he's a traitor to Han Solo, but... By the time Han Solo and them appear on his in his city where that he kind of runs illegally, Darth Vader was already there and kind of already sort of had them captive. So, um, this the Lando Calrissian was already sort of instructed to welcome him in, and they won't hurt him if he gives them over to him. So, if you're picking a fake Star Wars name, what are you picking? A fake Star Wars name. Steve-O, Cal No, like an actual character. <laughs> oh, someone, somebody, okay. Yeah, <laughs> a pseudonym, not, yeah, don't make up your own Star Wars name. <laughs> well, as, I, as you can see, I could only really just copy Lando Calrissian. Yeah, it was pretty weak. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, which Star Wars name would I use? I guess Baby Yoda now, since oh, that's the that hotness. Oh, that's going to be mine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hammerhead. What? He was one of the weird-looking aliens in the Star Wars bar, in the cantina. Okay, deep cut. He had, like, a really weird-shaped head with eyes, like, at the very top. So, like, a hammerhead shark? A little bit. But his nickname was, yes, Hammerhead. All right. His head was sort of bent. Like, it doesn't really seem like a hammerhead shark, but where his eyes are, I guess, could kind of make it seem that way. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, so they decide on their pseudonyms and, you know... Or Boba Fett. Go ahead. (laughs) And just as they're kind of saying, like, oh, we'll never know each other's names, we have Barney running over, Ted, 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 look, I'm going home with the bridesmaid, the second hottest bridesmaid, Ted, Ted. Yeah, I find it interesting that the bridesmaid doesn't seem offended that she's considered the second hottest. Yeah, she doesn't even react. (laughs) Now, if you're in a a set of, you know, say, seven to ten bridesmaids and someone refers to you as the second hottest, you're probably okay with that. Or, or I guess it depends on what the rest of the lineup looks like, but... I, in theory... Well, there's so many problems with this, which we should not be rating women based on attractiveness. No, no, no. So that aside... Uh, you know, all of those considerations. Think what you want privately in your head. Tell your friend later. Maybe don't say it in front of me. That being said, if it was said... All right, let's pretend this was 10 years ago and people were less offended by things. <laughs> Would you be sort of like, all right, number two, that's not bad? Probably. Okay. Let's move on from there since I got that out of you. <laughs> okay. We're back at the apartment and, oh, well, Ted and Victoria, or Ictor, <laughs> go ahead and just reveal their first names. So we're back in the apartment. Ted is standing by the plan. He's not going to go ahead and try and reach out to her. Yeah, Lily and Marshall think this is a stupid idea. Marshall calls it a weenie-ass idea, which I do not care for. <laughs> weenie? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't have an issue with it. I just think it's a weird thing to say. <laughs> yeah, it's a little childish. Marshall brings the cake back up again. He must find out where that cake came from. He's going to find out where that cake came from. It haunts him. Yeah, and I... Ted says it really... No, Ted said this cake thing means a lot to you. Like I felt like they were setting up for a pretty good joke, and then he goes, "It haunts me," and he laughs. I, I don't. I don't feel like they landed the. They stuck the landing on that one. I liked it. You would. I do. Okay, back at the wedding. Now she wants to see the moves. So, 
They're going to sneak off with a bottle of champagne, some glasses, and she wants to steal the bouquet, so they make a diversion. And Lily supports the story of Victoria stealing the bouquet. She hates the whole bouquet thing, but then admits that when it's her wedding, she's going to make the bridesmaids beg and die for it like dirt or something like that. She's going to yell at them, crawl for it, bitches, which I also have down as one of my least favorite jokes. Okay. I mean, like, adding bitches to the end of things was definitely a very 2000s thing to do. Guys would use it too, though. I'm not sure if that's gender specific, although I know that, yes, generally it was more thrown at the female gender, but... Yeah. No, and again, I don't have an issue with, you know, her using that, you know, that term. I just don't think it's particularly funny. We cut to Victoria tap dancing, because she said <laughs> earlier she could tap dance, and she's doing it to The Entertainer by Scott Joplin, which is another piece I can play on the piano. Was Ted playing that on the piano, or was that just music that was in... Maybe they had it on that little jukebox or something. I don't know. That's a good question. Turns out she can't really tap dance, although she did a pretty good impression. I mean, they do impression. have a piano in their apartment. Well, I think we've seen Ted play the piano. We've definitely seen Marshall do it. Yeah. And we get a glimpse of the shoes, which we don't know are going to be a thing yet. Did, we, did you capture that I can play the entertainer on the piano? Was that clear? It, it is clear. Many t- I, I'm a man of many talents. I, I live with you. I hear you playing things all the time. Mm-hmm. I forget how they get there, but Ted talks about how he she couldn't get any, if she, even if she wanted to. And then she said, oh, no, I could. And then he agrees with her. <laughs> it, was a, it was a decent little beat. And then they lean in for a kiss. They're having a really romantic moment. And then... Right as they're about to, she says, no kissing. Anticipation's the best part. Let's make this whole night like a drum roll, which is the anticipation part, which is the best. And that, my friends, is a simile. <laughs> I do like the Ted when she says no, like, <laughs> bangs the piano keys. Like the <laughs> yeah, the brum. <laughs> that was good. Okay. Back at the oh, apartment. Wait, hold on. Just a, one little tidbit here. Again, like a nod to a future episode. She says, you know, they can't kiss because then it might ruin it. He might use too much tongue. And, you know, fast forward a few seasons. And we find out that, you know, during Ted, Lily and Marshall's freshman orientation, Ted made out with a girl who dubbed him too much, much tongue, tongue guy. guy. Yeah. So Victoria was right to worry. Good point. I hadn't thought of that. Marshall is aghast that Ted went along with this, but makes a good comment of, so you came home and did a drum solo? Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> That's a good joke. And then it's like, Ted, you're such a doof. A doof. I like the doof better than a weenie. Yeah. Yeah, Lily and Marshall think she sounds amazing, and, you know, Ted's finally on board. He, he decides he has to see her again, tries to figure out how he's going to figure out who she is, lands on Claudia. Claudia knows everybody on the guest list. He will call her and try to find out. Lily tries to discourage him, like, no, she's going to be on her honeymoon, just wait two weeks till they get back. And he does a quick turn, yeah, you're right. No, I gotta know. And he calls <laughs> her anyways. And I like Marshall, like, kind of aside, like, ask her about the cake. <laughs> Like, when he calls her, he's like, Claudia rushes to all the little niceties. <laughs> right. 
And then Claudia's response is to completely berate him. And I like how she goes, as she gets in, starts to get into it, you can hear uh, Stuart go, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I guess the calm Claudia from the wedding at the end of last episode is gone. She's back to being high-stress, yelly Claudia. Yeah, you know what? And when you think about it, if they're really friends, it's not like they're laying on the beach by now. You know, yeah. they're sitting in the airport. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think she's mad that he's calling because they're on their honeymoon. I think she's mad because this is absolutely ridiculous. He made this big stink about bringing somebody to her wedding. And now all of a sudden now he's moved on and needs to know who this other person is. Like, Yeah, and she's just she's an uptight person. I get it. Yes. But this <laughs> is unreasonable for her to be so snitty about it. I like how she goes, but then she she you know asks for more information. Right. And he goes, uh, she goes, was it was it my fat cousin Lindsay? Don't be ashamed. She has pretty eyes. <laughs> it was a good delivery of that. Yeah. No, I like I like Claudia in this. I think she's very funny. But unfortunately for Ted, there was no Victoria at her wedding. Yeah, she really slow delivers it. Good thing, for, good news for you is right. I know that guest list forwards <laughs> and backwards. Bad news is, okay. And then Lily thinks maybe she used a second fake name. <laughs> and then comes a, a great uh, theory by Marshall. Maybe she was a ghost. That's why she that's why she wouldn't kiss you. And then someone said, oh, she picked up the bouquet, proving that she had... Oh, no. Well, then Marshall makes a comment about writing a screenplay and then decides, no, she wasn't a ghost because she picked up the bouquet, proving corporeal form, which I love. <laughs> yeah. I think this is the first time I had heard the term corporeal form. And there are movies with ghosts where they take on characteristics of having a corporeal form. Like in, what was it, Domestic? What's the one where they're trying to videotape the demon? Oh, Paranormal Activity. Paranormal Activity. There's a lot of, like, hitting stuff. and. Yeah, I think, well, that was more of a demon, not a ghost. Okay, fair. Maybe there's different rules. I'm trying to think, is there another ghost? Well, in the movie Ghost, he's able to pick up that that penny. But they can't kiss. I think she can kind of feel him in the end, because he can punch people. Hmm. I think like after he figured out how to do that stuff, he could do it. So maybe it's like, once you graduate to being a different kind of ghost, then you get extra... Ghost powers? How hard was it? No, he got trained by another ghost in the subway station. Oh, I was just joking. I don't oh. remember the movie that well. <laughs> and the other ghost that trained him, I sat down with him. We shared a table at, at an airport in St. Louis. We were both on layover. There was All the planes were stuck. Everyone had layovers for hours, and I invited him. He's kind of standing around. I had one of the few tables with one seat left, and I asked him to go ahead and sit down. You have a lot of, like, negative D-list celebrity encounters. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do. What's the opposite of name-dropping? <laughs> Indeed, I do. And I will share them all with you, our listeners. In a future list. My top ten least important celebrities that I've had <laughs> run-ins with. But in Ghost, how hard was it to watch him dance with her when you knew he was inside of the body of Whoopi Goldberg. I only saw Ghost like once. I okay. don't remember that So one. he his spirit jumps into her body and sort of takes her body. She volunteers so that he can 
hold okay. Demi Moore's character once again. Okay. And <laughs> the whole time you're having to try and really, really purposely forget that it's Whoopi Goldberg actually dancing with Demi Moore, even though you're seeing it as Patrick Swayze. You don't remember it, so don't worry about I it. I don't. <laughs> but anyways, corporeal forum. He had it. <laughs> Deal with it. Okay. Anyway, Victoria's not now, ghost. Yeah, now they said it, maybe it's a bridesmaid. So... No, I find... No, I think... No, I don't think... She, they didn't think she was a bridesmaid, because that would have been obvious if she was a bridesmaid. But they do bring it up at this point, after though she was sitting, the four. She was sitting the with the bride... Or near the bridesmaids. Oh, but she maybe gave him a second... A, diff, a fake name, so maybe she was a bridesmaid... That it give him a fake name, so let's check to see if she's a bridesmaid. Barty has a connect with one of the bridesmaids. Nah, I mean, not to be nitpicky, but it wasn't. They didn't think she was a bridesmaid because there's. I mean, it would have been obvious if she was a bridesmaid. They, she was sitting with the bridesmaids or near. The oh bridesmaids. yeah, she didn't have a bridesmaid's dress. You're right. right. And so then, why did they the think program. a bridesmaid would have known who she was? Because she was sitting by the bridesmaids. I've said it three times. But what is a bridesmaid? <laughs> If only they knew a bridesmaid. Sorry, I wasn't following your logic. I, that's my, my head in the clouds. Okay. So maybe a bridesmaid knows because she was sitting near them, apparently. Yes. I, it just came to me. It's in my notes and everything. I, it just occurred to me that maybe because she here, was... I'm not a ghost, right? <laughs> <laughs> Something happened in the last five minutes. And I'll miss Jen. <laughs> All right. Did you, get, did you ever do that as a kid? Like, you and another friend would pretend the other friend was invisible and not there and, like, ignore them? <laughs> no. It sounds like a funny thing to do, though. It's, it's a little mean. But. <laughs> so that, that reminds me of a funny story real quick. I read this article that's really going around a lot on Facebook that a friend of ours or another parent in our school posted from The Atlantic about instead of trying to raise a kid that's successful, try to raise a kid that cares and so it encourages, you know, its sort of thesis is to ask your kids when you get home. And it's the, the article's by Adam Grant, who actually I just heard a, an interview with on Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert podcast. I don't know who that is. Adam Grant. Yeah. He's a psychologist. He's uh, fairly young. I think he's in his 30s. But he's sort of starting to gain... I already looked it up. I know what you're looking up. Okay. <laughs> um, he's starting to gain some fame with some of his writing about... Uh, he's got a lot of different theories. I won't go through all of them right now. But the article was about talk to your kid about um, something that they did that was nice at school for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that'll... They might not have answers at first, but over time, that will start to kind of seep in that I sh they should be doing that. Mm -hmm. So I asked Tyler yesterday, did you do anything nice for anybody at school today? Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, I erased my friend's name off a list. <laughs> and he thought of it right away. I didn't even have to coax oh, yeah. anything out of him. And he, he said his friend's name. I won't share it to keep, the, keep it right. private for their family. <laughs> and we said, what do you mean? He said, actually, I did it for two friends. I erased their name off the board of people who weren't listening. <laughs> yeah, so apparently they had a substitute teacher. <laughs> and when she wasn't looking... He erased two of his friends' names off a list that she had written down of kids that weren't listening for the, for the real teacher to see when she got back. And he didn't get caught for this. And so it turns out that, you know, well, it was nice that you weren't on that list because he always gets in trouble for not listening. But they said, oh, I did. 
<laughs> my, but but my I, name went on the board later. <laughs> but but his his name went up on the board later. He never got a chance to erase it. So I don't know. Half credit for being caring. I mean, he was doing and a favor for his friend. I think so. I'm sorry. How did we get on this topic? Uh, I got to work mentally backwards. Uh, caring stuff. Because they're asking Barney to do a favor. Um. No, I, I lost. I lost the thread. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just wanted to tell a funny story about our kid. It was a funny story. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> okay. So they call Barney. Barney's getting a massage. He makes kind of a not-so-great Nirvana joke about the masseuse, and she kicks him, about, get, about getting, getting in Nirvana, or getting into Nirvana. Entering Nirvana, Nirvana, that's it, yeah. Um, and I, but I do like his little turnaround of, do you, did you get the bridesmaid's number? You know I did. <laughs> Can you call her for me? You no, know I, I won't. won't. And then he you know, goes on a tiny little tangent about, like, oh, they just, you know, whatever, they just hooked up, so he can't call her right away. Can't call her till oh, wait, no, never going to call her. <laughs> Typical Barney. Yeah, and he makes a joke about his hands are tied. Oh, wait. That was last night. Yeah, that's right. And he refers to, I think this is what you were looking up while I was watching you for a second. Um, he refers to Ted as a castrati. Yeah, and I don't remember seeing or hearing that before. I wonder if this was another Hulu version thing that had been cut in the it TV could be. version. Because I feel like I would have always been like, "What? What does that mean?" Yeah, it's kind of it's a very odd reference. And castrati's were like choir boys in the 1700s that they castrated so their voices oh, would remain high. So he's referring to Ted as sort of like a castrated choir boy. Man, Barney again with the gender shaming. But I'm impressed he knows the terminology, castrati. (laughs) Okay. Ted offers that if he will make the call, Ted will go to Foxy Boxing with him. I feel like Foxy Boxing's a real thing. I feel like I've heard of it outside of How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I do like Barney's response. You always said the girls were neither foxy nor good at boxing. Yeah, it's okay. Barney calls Tanya. You can tell this is so painful for him. <laughs> like just having a conversation about something he doesn't care about. Mm-hmm. Tanya wants to know what kind of shoes was she wearing. And Ted does know the answer to this. And it's because he held her shoes while she was doing cartwheels. I got to say, they weren't, there wasn't a very good cartwheel. Her knees were totally bent. <laughs> hey, it's hard to do cartwheels when you're a grown-up. Please. I could still do one. I cannot. I tried a few years ago. I don't remember why, and it really hurt my back. I think I could still do a one-handed cartwheel if I really wanted to. I dare you to do it right now. Not enough room up here. Not with our new media set that we just put together. <laughs> and the Christmas Take- tree. So maybe another time. Hey, you could... I was going to say you could video record it and then put it on our Instagram. <laughs> but then I remember that would look really lame. Even, yeah. even if I landed it, it's still, it's not a good look for a guy. Nope. <laughs> okay. All right. Where were we? Um, he, they show the cartwheel. And 
Right. So that's why Ted knows about her shoes. He was holding them. She, but that doesn't help Tanya. She doesn't know who it is. Tanya invites him over. Um, he said he has one more night again until he goes to the Peace Corps. So and Barney has to cancel Foxy Boxing. They, Lily suggests maybe calling the hotel to see if there's someone named Victoria or Vicky or Tori. And Marshall goes, or Ictor. <laughs> and then probably not. She probably doesn't go by Ictor. You kind of see Lily kind of like rubbing his arm like, it's okay. <laughs> nice try. And Ted said, well, maybe we should just leave this up to fate. No, fate already decided. Like, he tried. He failed. Okay, Fate yeah. is telling him. That's what just, I meant. Yeah, just let it be. That's what I meant, Mrs. Corrector. Hey, stop getting stuff wrong. I won't have to correct you. We're at the apartment, and Robin pops in, and she announces to Lily that she's the new substitute weekend anchor. I feel like we went a really long time without seeing Robin. Mm-hmm. Lily tells Robin the backstory of what happened at the wedding, and Robin knows who Victoria is. So she tells, she reveals to Lily that she did show up at the wedding, and by the time she had gotten there, Ted was sort of in that kiss-not-kiss kiss moment, face rub, with, <laughs> with Ictor. Yep. So Robin and retreats so, to the bathroom mm-hmm. and starts crying. And Victoria's pretty close on her heels in there. Yeah. Because right away you hear her say, are you okay? And Robin goes through the, I, I, I don't know, I've never cried before, it's really gross, is it always this snotty? There's a little bit of back and forth between them. Victoria offers to have her come out and hug her. Yeah. Um, I like Lily's reaction to all this. Like, what is wrong with you two? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Robin admits that she does like him now. Well, actually, we got back up just a smidge. So I don't think Robin ever actually sees Victoria. I think she just sees her shoes. And so they're having this conversation through the bathroom door. Yeah, I think you're right. So that's how she knows. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I realized when she heard the description of the shoes, she knew who she was talking about. Right, but yeah, Lily. <laughs> Lily just wants them to be together, and you know, happiness isn't that difficult. Like, just tell him that you have feelings for him. Robin says she knows she does, but she's he's still Ted. She doesn't want to get married, and he's still Ted. We're back at McLaren's. Barney's. Oh, nope, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so yeah, Lily or Robin says you know she can go tell. Ted, who Victoria is, and then he can be happy. Lily points out, you know, she can tell him that she likes him. They can both be happy. Robin decides she's going to go talk to Ted, but she doesn't know what she's going to tell him yet. Right. So now we're at McLaren's. And Barney's kind of bragging about how he ended up getting paid for the sex he had with Tanya the night before because she gave him money, cab money, to go to the airport. He said all his money was... India dollars? Yeah. Did he say India dollars? He did. I like how he says he, he should give it to the Peace Corps. They've done so much for him lately. <laughs> That's in the running for my favorite joke. Robin's about to tell Ted. We Well, we're not sure what she's going to tell him, but she's about to tell him something. When Claudia calls, it's actually Stuart, and then Stuart hands the phone to Claudia. She's apologetic. Of course, she still doesn't know who Victoria is. That right. doesn't come back up. But Right, she's but, not calling to say, oh, I figured it out. It's just calling to apologize. So her new husband doesn't think she's a crazy person. And Ted's reminded to ask about the cake. She said she got it from Buttercup Bakery. 
And we have a lot of quick shots between, like, this conversation and then Robin talking to Victoria in the bathroom, so we kind of get it intercut. So we're sort of realizing at the same time Ted is that Buttercup is Victoria, is Buttercup Bakery, mm-hmm. is the cake maker, yada, yada. She, and then they all, you know, realize she made the cake. Okay. Yeah, and so Lily tries to kind of slow Ted's role, like, no, maybe, you know, she probably didn't like you anyway, trying to, like, cue up Robin to be able to have the conversation, and Robin just tells him, like, oh, you know, go find her. And within this mix, Ted says something to the effect, to Lily, to the effect of, why are you busting my apple bag? (laughs) I like his his antiquated (laughs) expressions. Was that ever an expression? (laughs) Not that I've heard of, but... I like when he's calling out in future seasons, he's calling out horse apples. <laughs> Instead of saying BS, he goes, You two never fight horse apples. <laughs> <laughs> so random. <laughs> so I also like Marshall here, that like Marshall just gets so excited that, you know, Victoria is the baker and now he can finally have access to this cake all the time and he tells Teddy he has to like marry her, she needs to move in with them right away. I want to quickly interject with a new segment called Somebody Got My Reference. <laughs> okay. So we talk about how we reference quotes from a lot of our shows, and mm-hmm. you and I, Jen and I, were coming back from a gala. We had mentioned this gala on one of our past podcasts. We have. And we had a really interesting Uber driver who was oh, talking yeah. about a lot of pop <laughs> culture with us, and him and I started going back and forth and talking about horror movies. And we were kind of comparing notes on a couple of horror movies, and then he said that one of the ones that really scared him was The Omen. <laughs> and I made a Kramer quote when I said, what, what are you talking about? Um, Damien? Damien. He was just a rambunctious little kid. And the cab driver, the Uber driver goes, all right, Kramer. He got it right away. I love it. I know. I wanted that guy to be our friend. Um, Okay. Back to the story. So Robin has a chance to kind of intervene and say that she has feelings for Ted, but instead she tells him to go get the girl. Yep, and Barney, you know, Barney has a moment where he really thinks, like, all right, good, I can get Ted to suit up. Ted, suit up. And Ted, like, agrees to it and then goes, no. (laughs) And then we see why. You know, we have another flashback to the wedding. Yeah, kind of a dull scene of him saying that he's usually in a sweatshirt with a bleach stain on it. So that's what he changes into instead. After dancing to Michael Buble. Yeah, it was a sweet little moment. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, yes, the... The side about the jeans and the sweatshirt was, you know, that was just okay. But yeah, they had a nice little, you know, dance and Michael Bublé is always romantic. All right, so we're in the cab outside of her bakery and Ted freezes and starts remembering the last moment of their night and how incredible it was. And she kind of disappears on him without looking and then he starts to wax philosophical about, you know... Maybe the purity of the evening shouldn't be disrupted, and he's going on and right, on. Is he being selfish by taking it away from both of them by going in there? And another thing that I caught that I pointed out to you that we had never noticed before is as he's doing this, Marshall's like <laughs> either falling asleep in the backseat or pretending to. I think he was actually falling asleep. Because Ted was being so long-winded, and then Barney interrupts and says, the, meter run- the meter's running, dude. Which just snaps right. Ted out of it, and he goes to see her. 
and he's wearing the stained shirt. And when he answers, she sees him and says, thank God, and then they kiss. A nice little close. Yeah, it's really cute. It's a Go lovely ahead. ending. All right. So I have one fun fact. Go for it. So at the beginning, um, when he's talking about, you know, weddings and what's happening with them, there's like a, mon like a photo montage of wedding pictures. And one of the wedding pictures is co-creator Craig Thomas and his wife, Rebecca, and that is who Marshall and Lily are based on. Oh, neat. Yeah. Fun fact. Okay. My favorite joke was... I think it was the Fat Cousin Lindsay joke. I think I'm still going with uh, Barney should donate his $50 to the Peace Corps because they've done so much for him lately. Good one. And my least favorite is probably the girlfriend comment from Lily. Yeah... That one and the crawl for it bitches are tied. Okay. Since Seinfeld came up, I didn't remember doing this, but the last time that we did this episode that we're now re-recording, I gave my top ten favorite Seinfeld episode list. And I think I'll share that now. And you can't stop me because I edit at the I end. I am not stopping you. I and just... It's not my fault. It came up. <laughs> okay, I'll do this quickly. Actually, the reason why I did this on the last time we recorded this is because I finally finished my top 180 Seinfeld episode rankings. Hmm. And so I was so excited to be complete with it that I decided to share the top 10. So I'll go through it real quickly here. <laughs> Number 10, the outing. That's where uh, Jerry and George are falsely outed as being gay lovers. Number nine, the puffy shirt. I think that needs no further explanation. Number eight, the little kicks. That's the one where Elaine dances and George is the bad boy. Number seven, the contest, where the group uh, sees who goes, can go the longest without gratifying themselves. Number six, the bizarro Jerry. That's the one where Elaine makes friends with a group of people that resemble but are complete opposites of the, the three guys in her life. Number five, the abstinence, where George becomes smart because he's not having sex. Number four, the chicken roaster, where Kenny Rogers' chicken opens up across the street and Kramer and Jerry switch places, which makes their personalities switch with each other as well. Number three, the strike. That's the one with Festivus. Number two, the stall. That's the one where Jerry dates a phone sex worker, played by Jamie Gertz, and Elaine is dating a himbo played by Dan Cortez from MTV fame. And number one, The Foundation. That's the one where Elaine takes over Jay Peterman's, Jay Peterman when Jay Peterman leaves, and it's the one where Kramer is in a karate class. Done. Hooray! Jen was falling asleep, much like Marshall in the back of the cab. I was. Right, where can people find us? You can find us at runklerecaps.com, at runklerecaps on Twitter, and underscore how I met your podcast underscore on Instagram, um, and runklerecaps at gmail.com. So please reach out, let us know what you're thinking, if you have any feedback about episodes, or just any comments. Um, and also, if you could be so kind as to leave us a five star review wherever you listen, that would you definitely don't help us. You don't have to do that. Leave us whatever you think you should leave us. I don't like the begging for the five-star reviews. Um, we're, we're not going to make money off of this thing. <laughs> no, but it helps when people are searching. 
Like, if they just search How I Met Your Mother and we have a better rated podcast, then we'll come up higher in the searches. Okay, I guess. Next week is going to be Zip, Zip, Zip. And that's the one where Ted and Victoria are in the living room uh, having trouble getting started on, you know, delaying the making love with each other. Ted and Ted or Marshall and Lee are hiding in the bathroom while this goes on, and Barty makes a move on Robin. All right, everyone. Jen and I are going to go and enter Nirvana. <laughs> what? I got us a couples massage. Gross. That's not gross. I thought you would enjoy a couples massage. All right, everyone. See you soon. Bye.